it's a joy to share on the pulpit today and to give my dear friend, Pastor Doug, an opportunity to lay back for just a few moments and sense a true attitude of gratitude, not only for myself, but your congregation. And so first and foremost, Pastor Doug, I brought a chair for you today, and I'd like you to go back over there. I got you a nice blanket. Uh, why don't you go sit there right now and lay back and um, no I, that, that's that's one of his dear gifts now <laughs> sorry dad <laughs> there's no sleeping when I preach <laughs> so I gave you a blanket I, I wore it and uh, jeans this is hard for me by the way I wore jeans last week as a beginning to try uh, I come from tradition where you wear a skirt or something so this is getting tough but I'm okay with it and, and so there's a special bag there for you also Doug and just this one time if you want a snack during the sermon you can open something and you can make the rattling sound like many people do you know and you can share that okay so you're you're you just have carp launch today okay now I chose a sermon topic uh, very dear to my heart which is can your attitude of gratitude make a difference and I'm here as a pastor to say yes it can it can change not only you but the world but before I begin I want to also start with some thank yous first to Pastor Doug on this Pastor Appreciation Month and don't eat too many of them or your A1C will go up okay and I want to thank you the Wayne Presbyterian Church I know I speak for everyone here in saying, Doug, that you truly are one of God's chosen shepherds. Loving from your heart, you go the extra mile, you follow in the Lord's footsteps, even in the difficult moments of your life. You allow a retired colleague to share your pulpit and clean out your closets, and you embrace life giving thanks in all the circumstances. It's an honor to know and to love you. It really is. Um, but it goes further than that. Although um, your rendition of happy birthday is a little over the top, and your love for playing sardines is more exciting to you than most of the youth, on many occasions you have allowed me to see Jesus through you and your words, your deeds, and Yes, in some of your tears. I will talk a little bit more about that later, but yet, no, you, Pastor Doug, have been used by our Lord in great ways, and you have touched soul by soul. So keep that in mind. But as one pastor is speaking to another, I know you've not done this alone. I know you haven't. First and foremost, to God be the glory, great things he has done. He moves us in ways that we can't even believe we're being moved. But the Lord has also shown you many other great things. You have this wonderful woman next to you, Cindy. And with her wisdom, her guidance, her support, and understanding, that's what helps push you forward. You're a good team through all circumstances and a great example to a church family. Thank you, Cindy. 
And to top that off, you have these amazing children to take this walk with you and sing along with you with Jesus in their heart. So although we want to say thank you to you, we also want to thank your amazing family, um, who many times, being PKs, being the wife of a pastor, take the back seat. We know that. And we thank you from the Lord in us that you do that. I thank my children every day for that, and even my husband that I was married to for many years. Uh, it wasn't easy. And so we thank you. And so thank you, Cindy, Ben, Beth, Katie, and Abby, and Nate that's looking over, for also going the extra mile, going the extra mile for Wayne Presbyterian. And so today I have special gifts for you. They come really from two places. One, there's candy in it, so that's me. But also in Preakness, we made prayer blankets. And so each of you have been given a prayer blanket. And that you can go get yours. Yep, Abby, yours is over here. Look for yours. Your mom's there and Ben's too. And the prayer blanket, we hope you know when you put it around you, will remind you that you are so loved. You are so loved. And Nancy Gilman from our church, she does, I guess she doesn't know what to do with her time. She keeps dropping many off. But Cindy, I want you to know, we didn't have the one that you wanted, so Nancy decided to make it this week. So she made yours in the purples. And so just wrap it around you knowing you're always loved, because that is really important. And my dear friends, Wayne Presbyterian, I didn't make you all a blanket, I'm sorry. Know you're deeply appreciated too. You have welcomed me with open arms and I feel like I'm at home. I realized in the last year that although I'm happy that Liquid Church took over 1441, I'm of the small church, I'm of the traditional church. That's where my heart is. I'd rather be in a group of people that I see the faces every week and I get to know and love. And so last week I told Pastor Doug that I'm gonna join Wayne Presbyterian. And so if you'll let me get in, um, I will, I'm very happy. But you need to know one secret. I'm American Baptist. So beware if we go near water. Because I may try to baptize all of you. So beware. It's just in my blood, okay? And by the way, did I tell you that it was your attitude of gratitude that drew me to Wayne Presbyterian? For you see, friends, through Pastor Doug, and I may have received this calling as being a shepherd of a church over the years, we are all called as pastors and ministers of Jesus Christ, every last one of us. This morning I share with you one simple but powerful scripture taken from 1 Peter 4.10. Listen carefully to this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you. It doesn't say some of you or if you want to do it. It says, each of you, use your gifts. Whenever you feel like it, no, but whenever you can use your gift, you're supposed to use it, for you've been called 
You've been called as a child of God and called also as a minister and a pastor. But how did you do that? Well, in the past year, I have watched the church family at Wayne Presbyterian share their gifts. See, I've been watching. Just, you know, it takes a while for me to kind of come in, so i got to watch. And I have been watching the talents of this church. Now, you all know the parable of the talents. Do you remember the parable out there? It says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents went and made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money in the ground. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and he settled the accounts with them. And he who had received the five came forward bringing five more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents and here I have five more for you. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much more. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also went to the two talents. And she, he said, Master, you gave me two, and I now have two more for you. And what did his master say? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much more. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, he also who had received the one talent came forward. Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master answered, you wicked servant, you knew that I reap where I have sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And my come, at my coming, I should receive what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have abundance. But the one who has not, even what he has, will be taken away. This parable shows us that when we accept the gifts we've been given from the Lord and we use them, guess what happens? New ones come. And God keeps using us because we're all ministers and pastors in this world. So ministers of Wayne Presbyterian, where are your gifts and talents? And do you have an attitude of gratitude? My answer today is yes. Where have I seen it? In your warm welcome when everyone enters this sanctuary. I see it every time. Even with the threat of COVID, your smiles, your kindness, your compassion and hugs have made everyone feel welcome. Even your elbow bumps, right? I watch every Sunday as many take on tasks when they enter this building, every time. I see their talents. 
I see out there sweeping the doorway, preparing treats and coffee, overseeing Wynn and all the other collections, preparing for children's ministry. I see practice for music. I see the technology. Thank God for those that do technology. I see all that. I see sometimes checking in with each other. I see you sitting next to each other, checking in to make sure everybody is okay. I see Rocco always getting a list of what he has to do around the church, and here's the next thing that doesn't work. I watch that every, and I see you sharing your financial gifts. And there's many more things I have seen at Wayne Presbyterian. And I know behind the scenes you're working too. You're on boards. Some of you have been on boards for years and years and years. I don't know how to tell you. You'll probably be there until Jesus takes you. <laughs> Especially if you're in Bible school. I see you working with the youth. I see you cleaning. I see you handling the bills, washing the windows, doing the senior ministry and activities, taking food to those that need, corresponding with notes, emails. Thanks for the ones you've sent me. And yes, filling in for Pastor Doug when he's not here. And that's just part of the church family. Your attitude of gratitude shines. It shines here. And it goes beyond these walls. And it impacts life after life. And life after life is changed. Not only yours, but others. Years ago, I did a Bible study. And I don't know how many of you saw this. It was called The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Anyone ever read that or watch it? It's amazing. Oh, it's something we could do here. It's amazing. It was a book by Mitch Albom, and it was an amazing book about a man who went to heaven. And I'm not going to give you all the answers of what happened in it. But when he got to heaven, he came across five people he had met in heaven. He didn't really remember them, but they remembered him. They remembered how he had done something to make a difference in their life that brought them to heaven. And friends, that's how we change lives. That's how we show our attitude of gratitude for Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what happens when we go through our life that way. That attitude in spite of the circumstances. Because we all have them. Yes, today it was special to honor Pastor Doug and his family. Much like we honor all those we love on birthdays and anniversaries. Yet it's also today about being called to serve others daily in a way that reflects Jesus living in us and with us every day. We just did a series on the better, right, better way, and, and we just did that, but it's not just about what the word says about Jesus, it's about how Jesus lived, and that we're to go into this world and live the same way. Now granted, some of our days, we are not eager to be filled with gratitude or thanksgiving. We all have that. We've got health issues, we lost a loved one, we're unemployed, we have the challenges of a relationship, we have financial debt, and we're just overwhelmed with stress in our daily lives. But scripture says this, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus in you. All circumstances. Although I know how difficult it can be to give thanks when we're fearful, angry, mad, sad, lonely, just to name a few of them. Did you know 
that when you give thanks, just in one way, it can change your attitude right away. If you focus on others and give thanks to others, it can take away all those other things in an immediate second and change you to an attitude of gratitude. As we approach November, this month of giving thanks, and the traditional month for stewardship, I want to share with you the secret to life today. I found it. I don't know if you found it, but I found it. It's easily said, not easy to live. When you focus on giving to others, that is how the Lord gives you abundant joy, peace, and love. The more you focus on others of thanks, with thanksgiving, the less negativity that you have and your own burdens become lighter. It's really true. And so I try every day to look for joy. To me, joy is first Jesus, the O is for others, and the Y is for yourself, in that order. I always look for joy. You'll hear me say, no one's taken my joy. No circumstance, no one has taken my joy. For I have Jesus, and there's others than myself. I carry that with me all the time. So how do we do that? I'm going to, there's no easy way, but I want to share today as we go into Thanksgiving and into stewardship and to talk about this, this church, there are four things that link us to joy. First is physically. Physically, we have to have the attitude of gratitude. Physically. We have to reach out, not in, and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Physically, we have to try to find one way each day to do that. When you get up in the morning, one way to reach out, not in physically do something for someone else. Now, I was writing my sermon on Friday. I, you know, how many of you are planners in here? I had my day set. My day set, here's 2 o'clock, I'm going to sit and do my sermon. 7 o'clock is when I started. Okay, but 2 o'clock, I was ready to go. I woke up, I threw that load of wash into the washer, the washer died. Of course, right? Then I went to get my blood test, okay, for my annual physical. They don't have my script. So now I have to sit there. The doctor says it's coming. It's not. Now i got to get in the car, go to the doctor, get the script, the whole thing. It's now like 1230. Now, I don't know if you remember, Friday was a beautiful day. And I'm like, Lord, I cannot go back in the house at 1230. It's too nice out. So I called somebody I loved and said, you want to go to lunch? So I was over at Pumpkin Queen, and I enjoyed that. And we had such a nice time. Now it's 2.30. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to head back home. But I was going up 23, and my car started to shake. Not really. It had to go into curlers. But it started to like do this. I thought we were having car problems. I went into Curly's, just had to stop at Curly's. And I had a free cone. It was, I had the five, the 10 stamps for free. 
So obviously I was there 10 times this summer. But anyway, and I did that. And then I got back home around four or five. And then by the time I kind of unwinded, I finally said at seven, okay, Lord, let's do the sermon. But did my washing machine get fixed yet? No. But I decided that morning nothing was going to steal my joy. But during the trip, I kept saying, Lord, today is the day i got to reach out. Tell me who I'm going to make an impact on today for you. And I kept waiting. Do you know it was at Curly's? It was at Curly's. See, he brought me right to Curly's. A lady who had some physical disabilities, she was, she, she was determined to get her cone, you know. And she went out and she couldn't hold everything. And I just said, this is where you want me to help. And I helped her in, and we had a chat. And I said, oh, my goodness. It was Curly's you wanted me to go to today, Lord. But you know what, friends? It just helped me to realize that every day, physically, we've got to make a difference. We've got to show that attitude of gratitude. And we laugh about it, but I'm really serious. You wake up and put your feet on the ground and say, where are you taking me today, Lord? Where am I going to show joy? By the end of the day, I'm going to guarantee you the Lord will show you how he used you. And that's what we're to do. The second is emotionally. Pastor Doug, I want to thank you for your heartfelt messages weekly. They're not only Bible-based, but applicable to our daily life. And when you deliver them, I sense your emotions and sometimes I'm moved and choked up by your delivery. That's amazing, for that's to me, just touches my life and the attitude of gratitude. Um, because I know that your messages are real. I remember several, and especially the one you spoke of recently about going to creation and having all this desire to go to see the bands and God spoke to you. There was your physical moment that you needed to stay and talk to that young man. Friends, so often we miss the opportunities to be there for each other because we're so preoccupied by life and what it has for us. Um, we need to be more aware that our emotions are part of our attitude of gratitude. It's okay to cry. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to be happy. And it's okay to be sad. The greatest gift I've been given as being called a child of God is that I get to allow, be allowed to experience Jesus on earth. I love that part. I really do. I cannot even imagine living a life without my Jesus. I can't even imagine it. And not because I was called as a pastor. I was called as a child of God, like each one of you. It's all about him. It's all about allowing him to be in me and have all of me. You know, I work on that every day to give my life to Jesus every day. I try not to be selfish. I try to listen to what he wants me to do. We don't always agree, but it's okay because I'm supposed to follow him. Nothing's more powerful and impacts the heart and soul and the emotions than Jesus. With compassion and kindness, friends, we need to have an attitude of gratitude for guess what? We owe everything to Jesus Christ. Everything. 
Now the third thing, there's four of them, is financially. All pastors, every last pastor, hates to talk about the finances of church. It's like on our list way down. Well, there's no question, friends, that the church of Jesus Christ has changed through COVID. I know many that attended church every week, some dearest friends who have not gone back into the church building yet for all different reasons, and I don't blame them, but they don't have not come back in. Maybe because it's easy to watch these great sermons on TV and it's more convenient. Or it's nice to sit in your pajamas watching TV. You know, I like doing that too during COVID. That was the coolest thing to sit and watch, you know, for a pastor to sit and watch a sermon in your pajamas on Sunday. But we've been affected by food costs, gas, utilities, and all those things. And so the church has really suffered. But it's amazing, I went to a Broadway show with Carol, and every seat at Wicked was almost filled. And I go out to eat at Benzie, and there are people going out to eat. But the church still seems to be struggling financially more than anybody else. And like you, I have had to make some changes since I'm retired and on Medicare, although we are getting a raise, right? We're all getting a raise on Medicare this year. But I am a tither. If you don't know what a tither is, it's 10% of your income to God's work. I've been a tither that comes from my American Baptist heritage, too. was taught that when I was a young girl. So I'm a tither. And I have many people come to me and say, but Pastor Jane, do I tithe the net or the gross? And I used to laugh. I said, what do you have in your hand? You have $10, you give a dollar. Don't give the government's dollars, give yours. You tithe what you have. Whatever you have, tithe it. And you will be blessed. And you are. So today I want to tell you that you can give more to the church or to the ministry by doing just one thing. This is funny, but it's true. How many of you go out at least once a week and pull up to one of the fast foods for a drink, like a, a soda or something like that, or Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Now the hands are going up. Well, I'm going to tell you the secret. If you go to McDonald's, can't get the Starbucks, sorry. But if you go to McDonald's, you can get a large diet soda or iced tea, sweet or unsweetened, or coffee for $1.07. $1.07. Now, if you go to Wendy's or Dunkin' Donuts, friends, you're spending over $3 for that same thing. Now, it may taste a little better, but you'll get used to McDonald's. But I'm trying to tell you, if you go twice a week, that's $5 that you could save and give to the ministry. If you're doing that, you need to get on the line to McDonald's. And don't go near Starbucks, because we can't afford it. 
but I'm just telling you, there are ways. Now, you also know I love ice cream. Do you know you can get a really nice vanilla cone at McDonald's for $1.71? Pretty sad when you know the number. But if you go to Hometown Creamery, which, by the way, Hometown, I love your and Curly's. I love them. But they're 4 or $5. I could be giving the church $10 more a week if I just go to McDonald's. Not that I think McDonald's is the answer to all prayers, but I'm just telling you, there are ways we can cut back our habits that can make a difference, even if we're retired. And we could really, really save, you know, the churches of tomorrow and help the churches to tomorrow and the ministries and win and all those things that are out there. And the other real good point for a diabetic, if you go for the cone at McDonald's, it's only 24 carbs. If you go to Hometown Creamery, it's 60. So just going to give you some tidbits I've learned. But I'm just trying to tell you, if there's a will, there's a way. And if our church is in need, and the church of tomorrow is in need, and all churches, and the ministries are in need, there are ways we can cut back in our daily living to make a difference. So financially, as you go through the stewardship campaign, I want to encourage you, stop at McDonald's. <laughs> and last but not least is spiritually. Friends, if we have an attitude of gratitude, we have to be connected to Jesus Christ. We have to be connected every day in prayer and in the word, in worship like this, this is important because we are encouraged from each other and even from home. In fact, I received a couple of notes from people from home that I have not met yet because I was behind the scene doing a couple of things, you know, without you knowing. And it was really neat to hear about some of those that are even watching us from home and very thankful with gratitude. But we need to be connected, friends, in every way possible and take time to listen for God's guidance. We're so quick to tell Jesus where we should go or what our schedule should be, but he's got something better for us. Make time, friends, for Jesus every day. Check in with him. Sense his presence, sing his praise, study his word, encourage all those along the way, no matter who they are, and spend time again listening, listening for his guidance. As my grandson says, Jesus is his forever friend. His forever friend. That's a great way to say it. Make him your forever friend. Make him your best friend. Because he loves you. And smile. Smile in this world no matter what. Because he loves you. That's enough to smile about. You know, friends, for after all, when life is said and he calls us home, we have no idea the five people we're going to meet in heaven that come to us and said, you made a difference in my life because you did this and I found Jesus. God is calling us. He's calling us to take this attitude of gratitude into the world and to touch life after life.
I encourage you to find joy every day, every day, and let no one steal it from you. Let us pray. Father God, thank you. We thank you that we can be here in this, your sanctuary today. We thank you, Lord, that you have called each one of us to be children of God, but more important to be your ministers and pastors in this world. We thank you for Pastor Doug and his calling and how he shepherds Wayne Presbyterian. And we thank you for all the pastors that are in this world that try to the best of their human ability to walk with you each day of their life. We thank you for the support that Doug has with his family, with Cindy and his family. And we thank you for that, for we know that's a difficult road and one that sometimes we don't even want to travel, but you said keep going. And Lord, we thank you for this congregation, that they have the attitude of gratitude. They're thankful. And Lord, we ask you that you just change us each day by giving the joy out. Give it to anyone. That you use all the resources we have, that you touch us in so many different ways, that we can make a difference. Thank you, Lord. For we never know the life that you're going to lead us to to change for you. Amen. Thank you. 
one by one they came Far as your eyes could see Each life somehow touched By your generosity Little things that you had done Sacrifices you made They were unnoticed on this earth for the benediction. Thank you for giving to the Lord, for I was a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad you came. May your attitude always be that of gratitude for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us give thanks as we close.